understood it. When the bridge was finally completed, the workers left and the cars flew by in one continuous stream. No need to stop anymore to let the highway of sailboats pass. No need to pull into this little town to browse or eat, or perhaps spend the night. Bass Creek had been a rest stop on a friendly stream for tourists on their way to Miami or Fort Lauderdale. The old bridge had been the comma that caused those tourists to pause. Now the pause was gone, and the folks of Bass Creek who didn't own orange groves, who survived in the service industries, took the brunt of the loss. Sure, they still had the fishermen, but the fishing on Lake Okeechobee was a far cry from what it had been fifteen, twenty years ago. Overfishing and pollution had taken their toll on the old lake. Elena had worked hard those first few years before the new bridge, and she'd made good money. And Bass Creek had been a good town to live in. Now it had lost its vitality. Stores on Main Street had been forced to close. McDonald's and Burger King had built out by the highway and lured back some, but few of them were trickling into town. The Bass Creek Hotel stood a full three stories high, the largest building in town. Before the new bridge was built, its coat of bright yellow paint had shone like the sun itself in the afternoon light. Part of Elena's compensation had been a room to live in and meals in the hotel dining room for her and young Rudy. After she had inherited the manager's position, when the old manager deserted the place, Elena took over the large apartment in the back, which had two bedrooms and a full kitchen, and both she and Rudy had loved it. But now the hotel lay hidden from the sun, separated from the rest of the town, a gloomy, desolate place. How much is this? Lucy was leaning on the counter, holding a liter of Diet Coke with the price tag clearly visible. Rudy tried to concentrate on her bright white teeth, which were wrestling with a wad of gum. But in her low-cut, body-tight top, Lucy was providing him with a glimpse of something much more exotic. He couldn't help but steal a glance. The store was now empty. How much? Lucy broke the spell momentarily. Oh, sorry, ninety-nine cents. It's on special. You're sure? You're not just giving me a special deal, are you? Lucy leaned all the way over, and Rudy could see the full contour of her breasts. He was thankful the counter shielded him from the waist down, but Lucy knew anyway. The hook was in. No, no, that's the price, he answered, his voice cracking. Well, I don't believe you. She crossed her arms tight against her breasts as she leaned. Rudy thought they were going to pop out right there on the counter. His mouth hung open in anticipation. I don't take a favor without returning one, Lucy continued. You come to my trailer tonight, 44 Mercer Street. It don't matter what time, I'll be there. Rudy just nodded. He was too far gone to speak. As soon as she left, he grabbed a pencil and wrote down the address. 
Rudy was handsome, and his smile could light up a room. But he was slow. Not retarded, just slow, the doctor had told Elena, when she took him to be tested at age four, when he hadn't spoken one word. There was some technical jargon about a lack of oxygen when he was coming down the birth canal, but Elena had been too shell-shocked to take in the details. Eventually, she had learned to cope and taught young Rudy to do the same. Writing things down right away was one of his methods. Staying out of dangerous situations was another. Something inside him warned that Lucy was danger, but the urgings from another part of his body were all that Rudy heard. He closed up at eleven and practically ran over to Mercer Street. There were no street lamps, and at first he couldn't find forty-four, but then he saw it, set back from the street in the darker shadows.